From the Finley Toyota Studio, it's Cofield and Company. All right, here we go on this Tuesday. Cofield and Company actually uh, live in Vegas, live in Fort Collins. Adam Candy is with us. I'm here in Fort Collins getting ready for the 6 o'clock tip between your running Rebels and the CSU Rams. Candy, how you doing, buddy? I'm ready to party, buddy. I'm ready to party, but I wish I were in Fort Collins, one of my favorite Mountain West cities. <laughs> it is a cool city. And I don't want to go down the weather path too much because I was griping about it yesterday. Uh, I had mentioned that a few weeks back, someone had sent out a Twitter question saying, if you had to live in a Mountain West Conference city for the next 10 years, what would you choose and had their rankings? I responded with my rankings, and anywhere that has really cold weather is is at the bottom of the list for me. And while Fort Collins is lovely, uh, when I woke up this morning, Candy, to walk over to Taco John's for breakfast – negative five. Um, I walked up to TJ's and I'm like, man, this place looks empty. There's a sign on the door. Sorry, closed. Like it's too cold for the local taco chain to be open. But you're right. It is a lovely city. I'm just glad to know that you and I last talked a couple weeks ago and we had a large discussion (laughs) about you uh, offending the sewers and it sounds like you were off on the same path to start today, huh? You're off to, ta- <laughs> off to Taco John's to see what you can do to the poor people of Fort Collins. Steve Cofield bombing the Mountain West one taco at a time. I was actually just snacking on some chicken fingers that I got <laughs> in a on, plastic bag on Friday oh, that have been God. refrigerated. I took them on the road with me as backup oh, food because I didn't oh. know if there was going to be food here. I'm at the arena. I'm at Moby Arena. so. Oh. And then I do have backup chicken sandwiches that I bought six hours ago that should be good for the flight home. So Friday's chicken tenders in a Ziploc bag that might or might not have been refrigerated for no, 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 ma- any no, many no. hours. It's, it's, it's been refrigerated the whole time mm. since Friday. It's only Tuesday. It's early. Uh-huh. Okay. It's usually like I, right. I'll go eight, eight days deep. It's a big deal. Oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, and by the way, the answer is San Diego, and I don't know why anyone would even begin to yeah. qu- ask any uh, ask any questions that go beyond that. Well, there was a there was a lot of feedback on that poll question from the Mountain West Northerners, and uh, I'm sorry it's it's times like this where Idaho and Colorado and Utah are just it's it's too much. It's too much. You you enjoy your minus five and snow and uh, ass breaking ice all over the place. I'll take a pass, but. Uh, you know, it's, it's lovely here. The, the arena, I think, will have a good crowd. It'll be a good game. Revenge game for the Runner Rebels, so they need to get this one done. We got breaking news that came in in the last hour and 15 minutes on a couple of fronts in the NFL. The folks in Fort Collins here, they're Broncos fans, so they're real happy. So we'll get to Sean Payton being hired by the Broncos in less than 10 minutes. But I wanted to start out today, since I'm here for a college basketball game, Candy, I wanted to start with some college basketball. And last night when I was hanging out in the downtown area of Fort Collins, we were fixated on watching good old T.J. Otzelberger, Otz, at Iowa State. Immense success since he's been there. We're on the road. We're watching Texas Tech just get blistered. 0-8, Mark, uh, Mark Adams was in the Big 12 this year. Um, he could be on the firing line. You know, there is a, a Vegas local, Pop-Pop, is, is, on, <laughs> is on that team. He's hurt right now. Point guard out of 
Vegas. There's another transfer in who had some Vegas ties. Uh, he's not eligible yet, but we're watching, and it's 59-36. And, man, lo and behold. And, by the way, Caleb Grohl came out of the gates, former UNLV player, 7 of 8 from 3. But as the second half went along, man, they fell apart, and all of a sudden we had a nip-and-tuck game, goes to overtime, and Texas Tech pulls off one of the biggest – was it the biggest? One of the biggest comebacks in college basketball history. Uh, let's see. They tied Texas Tech, the largest comeback by any team in Division One men's basketball. Oh, this season. And uh, also tied the largest comeback to beat an AP-ranked team over the past 10 years. So pretty historic last night. And Otz and Grill were on the wrong side. Cofield, as I was watching Baylor in Texas, and they went to halftime last night, and they threw it back to the ESPN studios. I was just I was washing some dishes, and I heard the halftime host say, Caleb Grill is unconscious. And I thought to myself, people in Vegas are going to have a very different impression of Caleb Grill being unconscious than anybody in South Dakota or in Ames, Iowa, because they saw just a slightly different Caleb Grill than you've seen in those other places. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, someone in the group made that comment. They're like, wow, we never really saw this with Caleb Grill. He had a couple of good games, but very up-and-down player. He's actually up-and-down for Iowa State as well. But then th- down the stretch, it was completely ridiculous. They're uh, in the overtime they're down three. I think it was like 22 seconds left, and they, they come down the floor, and like everyone on offense just wanted to throw the ball to Caleb Grill. He bought into it. He threw up this ridiculous three from like 28 feet off balance. Like, bro, you're drawing a double. Pass the freaking ball. So his shot was terrible. They got off a good shot. The third shot from three was uh, basically an air ball, and they wound up losing the game. By the way, are, are we all enjoying the reinvention of T.J. Otzelberger? Not just T.J. Otzelberger winning at Iowa State, but also, remember when T.J. Otzelberger came from South Dakota State and everybody said, oh, man, this high-powered offense, they're going to shoot the ball, they're going to light up the nets every night, and then he got to UNLV and he's trying to win with defense, and they're like, well, the talent's not there, he's just got to get his own guys in. Then he goes to Iowa State, and all of a sudden, it's not Big 12 ball, it's Big 10 ball. Like, he's trying to win every game by holding the other team under 50 points. Just kind of fascinating to watch. Uh, Last night, also not a good night for Jim Beheim. Candy, you're a New Yorker. I don't know that you were a Syracuse fan, but... Just how bad has this gotten for Syracuse as Jim Beheim approaches? I think it's now 77 years old, and not to sound like an ageist, but this has not been a good story. No, and to your point, yeah, I'm a New Yorker, but I grew up in the heyday of Louis Carnesecca and the beautiful sweaters, and good. I grew up as a, uh, as a fan of the Johnnies when I was when I was in New York, and, and Syracuse was one of the big bad rivals, right? It's the old Big East, and what Jim Beheim used to have up there, and you're right. It, look, time comes for all of that era of coaches, and this is a completely different era of college basketball. Now, I'm sure the counter-argument is going to be, well, every time they get in the tournament, they go to the Sweet 16. You know, they got to get to the tournament in the first place because this is a 500 team over the last four years. Yeah. Well, they're not getting to the tournament this year unless they go on a run. They're 6-6 six and six and 13-13, thirteen and 13, so 6-6 six and six in the ACC. Uh, their net is 101. He's been a 500 coach for the last four years. They've made the tournament just one time. And he's just he was always a curmudgeon, even in his 40s. But he's a guy who stayed around way too long. And now he's turned his ire on, like, the student media, um, online media. Last night after the game, one of, their, one of their starters didn't play. 
So I don't know. It could have been the first question for all I care, but someone asked about uh, one Benny Williams, and Beheim gets on this pedestal. Like now he's going to be judge, jury, and executioner on the questions that are asked of this crap all the season? Is that your question? That's the most important question you have? He was not before today. Is that your most important question here? I'm just curious. He wasn't on I will answer it. Your attitude isn't really good either. <laughs> Benny took a personal day. He will be back at practice on Wednesday. And this is what happens when you're in a small city and you've been the dominant person in that market and you've been able to bully media people. <laughs> you're judging someone's question. At some point, I mean, I guess the problem is your access could be pulled. Um, but I will tell everyone, you can still cover teams without being there. Have a little self-respect. If a guy asked you three times, is that my best question? Yes! Answer it! And what's he going to do? Come out and beat me up? Good. Pull the credential. Like, what are you doing, Beheim? Enough. And then, I don't like your attitude. Really? Pot calling the kettle black, Jimbo! That is some high-level Krzyzewski stuff right there. That is straight out of the Coach K playbook of belittling reporters. And by the way, I would have loved loved for that reporter to have answered, it's about my third best question. Right. Right? But I still want you to answer it. How about that? Go, Jim. Answer the damn question. I'm sorry your team sucks, all right? I'm sorry your team sucks, and I'm sorry life's been difficult for you up there in Syracuse ever since you killed someone in your car a couple of years ago. So maybe we can all just agree that it's been a hard time for everybody and get along in a professional manner. It's so silly. It's so silly. Believe me. And it's going to happen again. And he's going to make a fool of himself before he – I don't know when the hell he's going to walk away. This is – it's absurd. I mean, at some point, have a little self-respect. Have Also have respect for the school and your employers. You can't do the job that you used to do. And uh, now you're on Sports International. You know, that's on SGP last night. You're just – you're embarrassing everyone in upstate New York and around that program. It's a changing of the guard, man. I mean, it, it's yeah. are all around college basketball. It's a changing. Look at what, look at what Shire and Duke are this year. It is a changing of the guard. Oof. Yeah. Uh, there, are, you know, and it's something to build on down the road. There are. I'm not saying Duke is a one coach program, but that's who they had their most success under, Mike Shashevsky. And the next person is not guaranteed to take the torch and keep it at the same exact level. Let's talk coaching in the NFL. So we had two big notes today. One, it appears that D'Amico Ryans told the Broncos, no thank you. Um, He and his wife have lots of ties to the Texans. He has taken the Texans job, and I am happy that D'Amico Ryans is getting an opportunity. I think there were other opportunities out there, so congrats on going where you want to go. I will say, and let's put this on the record, I don't think the Texans are a serious organization. And if you're a coach who can be a little bit picky, I would be picky. So congrats. I hope he can turn that into a serious organization. But he's got, uh, you know, Baby McNair and Nick Casario in his way. So good luck, buddy. So I think the consideration for D'Amico Ryans and for coaches of color at that level are different considerations than just picking the best organization with the best quarterback. I think D'Amico Ryan's becoming one of only a small handful of black coaches in the NFL got the most important thing he could have gotten, a six-year 
deal because you never know when the next coaching opportunity is going to come, especially when you are a black head coach in the National Football League. So get the bag. The best job in all of professional sports is fired head football coach because you are going to collect in a big way whether you keep the job or not. So if the Texans want to get rid of D'Amico Ryans, then get rid of D'Amico Ryans. But D'Amico Ryans is going to go in there and have a better situation than Denver, not only because he's going to have more draft capital, but because he's going to get to choose his own quarterback with the exception of whatever happens with Chicago. And that is better than being stuck with Russell Wilson. I'd still take the Denver job. I think Casario and McNair are buffoons. Um, okay, so the Bronco job is filled. I don't know exactly how this went down. Uh, it just came down a little while ago in terms of the, the logistics of the whole thing because it seemed like it was dead in the water. Broncos go back to Peyton. The compensation candy, as you read it, for the Saints because they were going to have to be compensated because Sean Payton was still under contract. The compensation is what? A one, a two, and a three? It's Yeah, and if you're looking at it and saying to yourself, wait a minute, they traded their first to Seattle for – for Russell Wilson, well, they got a first back for Bradley Chubb, and so they move a much lower first uh, for Sean Payton. And yeah, there's additional compensation involved there. I don't have a problem with it. I really don't. Uh, if that's what it takes for the Broncos to get a coach of the caliber of Sean Payton, then trade the pick. Uh, most of these trades in the end have worked out pretty well for teams who have done it. And then you pay him whatever you want to pay him because that is the one leak in the entire NFL structure is that head coaches can be paid whatever in the hell the owner wants to pay them. There is no salary cap, and that is theoretically how you can get one of your biggest advantages. And the Broncos had to get this done. You realize the precipice they were standing on if Sean Payton wasn't their coach? Like, I don't know where they were going next. Who knows? Because the rumors were that D'Amico Ryans turned them down, right? That Sean Payton was in theory their third choice. Now, of course, that's in large part because of the compensation that they had to give up to get Sean Payton, but was there going to be someone else out there who became available after the playoffs were over? Probably not. We're looking at multiple head coaching spots now being filled. Frank Reich's in Carolina, D'Amico Ryan's in Houston, Sean Payton's in Denver, and someone is going to be on the outside of the game of musical chairs before long. Uh, Dan Quinn was going to be one of the backup guys, but he pulled out about five days ago. And I think the next people up that they would have spoken to are some of the guys who were in the Super Bowl. And I'm not sure that uh, Johnny Gannon, the uh, DC for the Eagles, or the OC, our own Shane Steichen, you know, former UNLV quarterback. I'm not actually the Broncos' job is not a terrible. Job. There are other jobs I wouldn't have taken if I were Shane Steichen. But we'll build on all of this on the way back. Though we'll have a a quick preview interview to get you ready for UNLV and Colorado State as I uh, grab. Kevin Kruger, a little earlier this afternoon. Now, back to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, back here on this Tuesday, we're live from Fort Collins in Colorado and Vegas with Adam Candy. DeMond is in the Finley Toyota Studios. We're going to get you ready for the 5.30 running Rebel warm-up before a 6 o'clock tip with UNLV at Colorado State. I was at shoot-around earlier today and had a chance to catch up with Kevin Kruger and watched him talk to the team at the uh, end of practice and asked him about the message he sent to his team about playing here at Moby Arena against a pretty good CSU program over the years. You know, it's a team in Colorado State plays really well here, plays, uh, you know, really hard. They, they shoot it with kind of a different level of confidence, even though the percentages aren't glaring. They, they do seem to have a little bit, a little bit different uh, 
uh, you know, kind of confidence about. Like all teams do at home, but when you shoot it as well from three as they do, it's 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 even magnified a little more. So, but a, a great you know home venue, a great home crowd, and uh, we 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 always even going back to the COVID year, we seem to have really good games with them when we come up here. So Stevens had a monster game last time around. You know, the unfortunate shot at the end of regulation. When you went back and watched on film, what can you guys do a little bit different on defense? I mean, you faced them forever here at UNLV. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 one of those situations where. You know, you, you never, you're not going to foul somebody in a three-point game at half court going away from the hoop off a dribble. It's just not, you know, if, had we been there on the catch, maybe it's, a, you know, in the air. And then, again, you've got a number of different variables that go into that. And uh, uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's easy, of course, to say now, but if he throws it off the shot clock like they right. do 99% of the time from that area, it's a, you know, it's a different story altogether. But, yeah, there are things we've talked about. I mean, we've had a couple close games, even with those types of discussions that have happened since then. So, um, But we've got to do a good job on Stevens. We can't let him get going. Um, he's one of the best players, offensive players in the country, and especially. And uh, we've just got to stay in front and make, make his shots difficult. Parquet being back gives you another option. And a guy you know, who's a great on-the-ball defender. Yeah, and, I mean, it's not to – it's not to slight anyone else on the roster, but when you got a guy like EP that guards the way he does, it's a, it's a little different. You know, he he's able to guard anybody. Um, he did a great job the other night in the Reno game. Um, he made he made shots difficult. He, I think he made him settle for a lot of shots uh, in, instead of taking open looks, and uh, it was a huge reason why we were able to hold uh, Reno to the percentage they they were shooting from two, especially. How hard is just ball, ball denial against a guy like Stevens? Like you can say, hey, don't let him get in the ball, but that's not easy. No, it's really hard. Because he's really quick, he's really shifty, and he's not where he's at in his career. You know, the first Ram ever to have 1,500, 500, and 500. The first, I mean, he's going to end up being, you know, arguably statistically the best player that ever played here. You know, he's not there by accident, and he's not there because, <laughs> you know, he can't get open and catch the ball. It's, it's a very difficult task. And when you do that, you got to practice it. You got to spend days doing it because it doesn't just affect the one guy that's doing it; it affects the other four as well. And uh, there's certain, you know, you, know, you want to push him out. You want to make his uh, catches tougher, and you want to kind of steer him in the direction where he makes a lower percentage than this, than his hot spots, which is also not easy to do. I would assume they're going to be different to defend tonight because of Cartier. You guys, you know, basically had Cartier out of the game in foul trouble, so they never really had that inside post presence. So, what does he bring in terms of balancing the floor and defending? Yeah, Cartier, he's, uh, he's their anchor in the middle. Um, he, him and Moores do a really good job of, uh, of, of kind of patrolling the paint and, and protecting people. But then, you know, Cartier shoots it at a, at a good percentage. So you got to honor his ability to stretch the floor uh, on the offensive end for him as well. And, but, uh, yeah, we've, we've got to do what we've done and had success with offensively, which is just, you know, patience, spacing the floor, uh, driving lanes for each other, making plays for each other. Because when we've done that, we've had really good offensive nights. Last one, Kevin Kruger's with us. Do you feel like, you know, it's just two games, but you get a little winning ways. Do you feel like a different kind of sizzle, pop, confidence when you're watching practice? What do you think? Oh, absolutely. You know, it's, I mean, even in the in the Colorado State game, you know, we, we did a great, at home, we did a great job to, to win the game. We, a guy throws in a half-court shot and a step back, and you do a lot of things that could have won the game, but at the end of the day, that you know, they, they won it. And it's a different feeling going in the next day. You know, we may not have played perfectly in the games we win, but when you go in there at the, the facility a day after a win, it's a whole different feeling. Watching films different, eating's different, uh, being around the guys is different. And so, yeah, there's a, there's a little bit of that. that we're we're back, getting closer, getting back toward that confidence and kind of that swagger we had when we knew we were going to make teams really earn baskets. There he is, Kevin Kruger. Earlier this morning, we're getting ready for a 6 o'clock tip here in Colorado, running Rebel warm-up. For the Rebels and the Rams will go down at 5.30 right here on ESPN 
Las Vegas. So it's weird, isn't it, Candy, to to think that you can get the, you know that down in the dumps in a losing streak and then have a completely different feeling because of a couple of wins. But it kind of is the way sports is, and and, and think about it. We were just talking about Isaiah Stevens throwing a you know a freaking half court shot off the glass to send it to overtime. You lose that close game. Like even though you you're there, you're the player, you're the coaches, you know the games were close. When it starts piling up into a four game losing streak, and all of a sudden you're ten and zero start, you're eleven and one start. Now you're looking on the wrong side of freaking one and six in the conference. I mean, you can lose all of your confidence that quickly. I think a couple things go into that as well, Cofield, because you look at two things. One, they're young. I mean, these are kids, right? You're talking about 18, 19, 20-year-old kids, and they are still going to ride the ups and downs very hard. They're going to buy into every little thing that happens, and there's not going to be a lot of long-term recall. And the second thing about that is that when you are remaking your team every single year, the way you are in the transfer portal era, there's no long-time player there who's been here three, four years to say to everybody else, hey, guys, you know what? We've been here before. Hey, we're going to pull out of it. Like, hey, we'll do – like, you either buy that from the coaches or you don't. It can't come from the players the same way. And so yeah. when you've got so many new players and you've got this new team chemistry every time, I think it's a lot harder to ride out the tough streaks and not get too low or too high. So both teams have extra motivation. One, UNLV can look at the game of the Thomas and Mac this year and be all pissed off that Isaiah Stevens hit some crazy shots, including like a soccer throw-in off the glass. They wound up losing in overtime. If you remember last year up here, Rebels came in all beat up. Donovan Williams wasn't going to play. Uh, the Rebels weren't playing well at the time, and Bryce Hamilton went freaking nuts. Everything he threw up went in, quieting the crowd over and over and over and over again for 42. But don't forget, in that game, Isaiah Stevens had 35. So he's, he's had some monster games the last couple times out, 33 and 35 for the CSU Rams, one of the better players the last decade or so in the Mountain West Conference. Let's do a giveaway here, 364-1100, We'll give you an ESPN Las Vegas T-shirt that also qualifies you for a chance to win two tickets to the 20th Annual Hall of Fame Players Party. It's hosted by Warren Moon, Shannon Sharp, Charles Woodson. It's going down at Resorts World. Really hard event to get into this Friday, February 3rd. You can buy tickets. We're giving away two free tickets. You qualify for that right now, 364-1100, caller 7. If you want to get in, you can buy tickets at eventbrite.com, eventbrite.com. You search Hall of Fame. If you use the promo code MM2022, you get a discount, but go check it out, eventbrite, B-R-I-T-E, eventbrite.com for the Warren Moon Hall of Fame Players Party this Friday. Listen up, football fans, as the 20th Annual Hall of Fame Players Party is coming to Las Vegas on Friday, February the 3rd at Resorts World. You could be hanging out with Charles Woodson, Warren Moon, and Shannon Sharp as they host this party packed with NFL legends and superstars. You can get your tickets at eventbrite.com or keep listening to ESPN Las Vegas for your chance to win some swag from us and get qualified to win two tickets to this event. Come watch the future stars of the NFL at the 98th Annual East-West Shrine Bowl this Thursday at Allegiant Stadium. Hey, it's Willie Ramirez. I'll be broadcasting live from Media Day, giving you all the updates on the game. Get your tickets today at ShrineBowl.com. The big game will be coming from Arizona, and in two weeks we'll have it with coverage starting Sunday the 12th at noon on ESPN Las Vegas. Brought to you by Remy Martin. Team up for excellence. 
Welcome to Fast Food Lawyers. You look hurt. Was it a car accident? That's great. Sign here. What? I haven't even hired you yet. And why is this check so low? But look how fast you got it. This won't even cover the medical bills I already have. And I'm still treating. How can you know how much to get me before the bills are in? That doesn't matter. You wanted a fast check, right? Isn't that why you called us? Forget you. I'm calling Panda. injured, don't call a fast food law firm that's only interested in getting you a fast settlement. Call Peters and Associates. We'll make sure you get the results you deserve. Call Panda Law, 702-818-3888. Silver 7's Hotel and Casino is a local's favorite with great giveaways and awesome food and drink specials. Enjoy bottles of Bud, Bud Light, and Michelob Ultra for just 77 cents during all NFL and Vegas Golden Knights games. Get seven times bonus points every Monday and 17 times bonus points every Thursday. On Fridays and Saturdays, enjoy live music in the Bud Light Sports Bar. Plus, Silver 7s will be giving away $500 in cash every hour from 8 p.m. till midnight. Don't miss all the action at Silver 7s Hotel and Casino on the corner of Flamingo and Paradise. Now, back to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. Adam Candy's here. It's Cofield. All right, Candy, LegalSportsReport.com. How busy have you guys been? Because this is a Super Bowl unlike any other Super Bowl in the history of Super Bowls. Dude, I have a staff <laughs> of four people who work for me. I canceled all of our one-on-one meetings today because everybody is writing right now. Like, there's just so yep. much going on. And this Super Bowl, when it comes to the timing for legal sports betting, man, it's going to be crazy. Well, here's the deal. It's the first Super Bowl where in that state you can actually legally bet on the ground. That's never happened before. So I can't even imagine what the setup is going to look like at all the different venues. Have you heard from the NFL? Are they going to be restrictive on who's allowed to set up, where they're allowed to set up? Because if I'm a sports book, I want freaking you know purchase point, basically. I want to sign as many people up to my book in Arizona as possible. Well, there are a number of activations already built into it. Keep in mind that not only is Arizona the first state to have legal sports betting to host the Super Bowl. And by the way, Vegas and Louisiana will make it two more in the next two years. But BetMGM has an actual sports book on the grounds of State Farm Stadium. It is one of only two places in the country that has a sports book essentially on the grounds of the stadium. There's going to be a Fanatics one at FedEx Field in Maryland as of next year, and that's going to be actually inside the stadium. So BetMGM's got that. The... Uh, NFL has seven different sportsbook partners, three of which they call tri-exclusive, which when you figure out what tri-exclusive means, you go ahead and you you tell me and then you tell any woman that you ever want to be in a relationship with, oh, honey, we're tri-exclusive, okay? I've got two other irons in the fire, but we're tri-exclusive, so don't worry, we're safe. Um, yeah, there are all sorts of ways for the NFL to, to do these activations and keep something else in mind about what's going on in Arizona right now. With the waste management open, going on down there with the PGA Tour during the same week. DraftKings has a sportsbook inside TPC Scottsdale. So they've got a sportsbook at the 16th. Is going to be a party beyond parties in Arizona for both the PGA Tour and the Super Bowl. I'm fired up. I'll be down there next week on Radio Row, at least the beginning of the week. And I have uh, two apps that I 
opened up a while ago in Arizona. By the way, I opened one up here in Colorado. I had had points bet. I didn't enjoy the experience with points bet, so I tried something I hadn't really heard of before, bet 365. I hope they're okay. 365 is the biggest sports book in the world. They just haven't made a huge push into the U.S. market yet, and they are known for having great live betting. They're pretty new to a lot of states in the U.S., but they're going to make a big push. Cofield and Company live in Colorado, live in Vegas. Well, let's build on this. Up next, we're going to talk to our betting insider, Sam Paniotovich from Nesson, about the Super Bowl numbers and the fact that Mass, Massachusetts, came online with live sports betting. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting with Sammy P. What a big couple of weeks of betting coming up and monumental news in the Northeast to get to. Sam Peniotovich works for Nesson. He works for Fox Sports as well. He joins us every Tuesday. So before we get to the big news in mass, uh, I got to go back to last weekend, really just two days ago, championship weekend. So first of all, give me your impression of Eagles and Niners and then how you actually come out of the weekend looking at the Eagles. Is it an upgrade? Is it about the same? It's really tough to quantify Philadelphia's power rating right now because they've had two cakewalks on their way to the Super Bowl. You know, the Giants were good. They weren't great. And they jumped ahead early. You get Philly credit for that, of course, to go up three touchdowns in a playoff game. But then they get to the NFC title game and you knew it was over at halftime. I mean, I did at least. I turned it off at half because I was watching with a buddy of mine at my house and it's 14-7. And he had said at the time, like, look, they're only down seven. I said, well, wait a minute. If they fumble or throw a pick here, they're dead. And that was right before Josh Johnson couldn't handle the snap. Philly pounces on it and scores. You know, Steve, we haven't really seen Philly throw a pass in the second half yet. So it's it's hard to quantify what they are, what they've done. I'm damn impressed for sure. Um, and then in the night game, look, I mean, that, that could have gone either way. I'm not going to blame the refs. You know me. I had a ticket on the Bengals to win it all had a Bengals-Niners exact-a-box ticket. I'm not blaming the refs. I'm blaming Cincinnati for not executing in the final two minutes. They had the ball. They had an opportunity. They didn't convert. And you give Mahomes the ball with 45 seconds left to go, he did. So I, I went down to the best player in the league. I can live with that. But I just wish I had a better NFC title game because that game sucked. And it wasn't because <laughs> I it wasn't because I made the wrong bet. It's because right. the Niners didn't have any quarterbacks. It was a dud. It was an absolute dud. And, uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, I'll give the Chiefs kudos, and they don't need any more. But uh, first on, and it's really for Mahomes, the fact that he was able to put himself in a position to be roughed out of bounds and, you know, getting escaping the pocket and getting a first down on that ankle. I mean, that's that's incredible. I didn't think he could move uh, at all. Um, I will say the, the AFC is going to be a toss-up for a while here. I saw some takes after the game on Sunday night, and it was like, you know, Patrick Mahomes is by far the best quarterback in the league, and frankly, it's not even close. I'm like, it's not even close. Joe Burrow played an awesome game. He didn't execute a couple of plays down the stretch. Burrow's great. Without three starting offensive linemen. Right, right. Too. You know, out here it's interesting because I I love to stir up the Patriot fans. It's it's very fun to do because they, you know, they gargle on Mac Jones still, you know. <laughs> And I'm watching this AFC championship game and it's Mahomes and Burrow going throw for throw, making all these big plays. How about the, was it fourth and 
fourth and nine when he threw that 30 yard pass to Jamar Chase. I'm thinking, you know, they're just so far ahead. Like if you're any team in the AFC right now that's sort of on the rise, Jacksonville, the Chargers, say what you want about Belichick and the Patriots. They're always within striking distance, the Raiders, whatever. You have to get through either Mahomes or Burrow or Allen or both or all three, you know, like, like that's the roadmap to a Super Bowl. You have to get through three of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. They're all in one conference. And, and I think, look, if I were going to power rate the quarterbacks, I think Mahomes is worth seven points of the line. Burrow's probably worth six. Allen's probably worth six. And then Hertz is worth four and a half or five. Like those are the best quarterbacks in the NFL. But three of the four are in the AFC. And I would not want to be a fan of the Patriots, Jaguars, Raiders, Chargers, whatever, because you've got to deal with that for maybe another decade. I'll take out the Jaguars because I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be one of those guys who's at that level. But you're right, though. The other five or six teams that don't have a franchise quarterback who is somewhere between 23 and 27 years old, you're screwed. I don't I don't know how you're going to close the gap here. It, it's completely nuts. So Sam Paniotovich is with us on Cofield and Company. This is a crazy day in Massachusetts. And every time this happens, especially in the super populated states, it's great to see. It means handle and interest around the country and sports gambling is going to get bigger and bigger. Massachusetts finally rolled it out. So what happened this morning? I was at the Encore early, the Boston Harbor Encore, which is a win bet shop. You guys obviously have win out there in Vegas. They're basically cousins, win and win bet. But I was there at 9 o'clock. They opened up at 10. They had the pomp and circumstance about 10, 15. Johnny Damon, Ty Law, Sean uh, Horton, yeah. all right. um, Cedric Maxwell, they were all there making bets. Maxwell's like, Wait a minute. I bet 100 and only win 90. I'm like, yeah, bro, that's how yeah. it goes. You know, it's yeah. so funny. All these politicians are making their bets on the Bruins to win the cup at five to one. And I'm just <laughs> like, can I can I make my bet already? Um, but no, I mean, there were hundreds of people there. And here's the really fascinating part about Mass, at least at this location at the Encore. They have 120 kiosks throughout the resort. That has to be more than any of the Nevada shops, right? I mean, I'm, I'm thinking out loud right now. If I go to Circa, they've got, I don't know, 40, 50, maybe. Superbook doesn't have a lot. I know South yeah. Point doesn't have a lot. Like, what Nevada casino has the most sportsbook kiosks? I think you might have nailed it with Circa. I mean, it, we still have the archaic attitude of let's get people in here and let's have the old experience of standing in line and going to the window. It's weird. Well, it's not necessarily weird. It's just that's the way it's been done there. But I, right. I thought it was fascinating because I'm walking around the Encore last night and this morning, and I'm going to go back there tonight. They got this event with Julian Edelman, and obviously the games will all be up in the air, so we'll have our action on the line. But they have 120 kiosks, hmm. including a drive through kiosk area in the parking lot. <laughs> so if you're yeah. on the way to work or on the way home from work, you can stop the car, throw the flashers on, run to one of 10 kiosks in the parking yeah. lot and make the bet. Now, look, that's going to go to the wayside once mobile starts because right. mobile isn't here until March. Really? We have, yeah, we don't have a hard oh, date wow. on that, but allegedly it's for March Madness. So we shall see. I mean, that look, they told me when I moved here to Nesson in December 2020, we'll be ready by football season. And it launched today in January 2023. So I take the timelines here with a grain of salt. But I do applaud them 
for having 120 kiosks on the property. And it was funny, Steve, because while all these people are lined up in the book to fight for 10 windows, the kiosks are wide open. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to make my bets here because you all are waiting in line. Well, I mean, you started out the comments uh, on this talking about athletes who don't understand the minus 110. So I think it's going to, they probably need to go to the window to have explanations thrown their way, but the kiosk will eventually prep everyone uh, to learn how to use the mobile app. So we got, there's three different companies that are open right now in terms of sports books. What do you think the total is about eight? That'll be on the, the on the ground, maybe some brick and mortar, at least have mobile. Well, the plan is for five brick and mortar. So you've got okay. the MGM in Springfield, the Encore in Boston, Barstool is at Plain Ridge Park in Plainville, and then they are going to convert Suffolk Downs and Raynham Park into sportsbook. So that's five brick and mortar. Nice. But then you think about it, DraftKings, FanDuel, PointsBet. And previously, because I've seen some of your tickets that you bet, previously you were having to drive north to New Hampshire or to Rhode Island or to Connecticut. Bro, I'm just so absurd. Sick. Just absurd. I'm so sick of making that drive. And it's a complex <laughs> issue for me. We, I mean, we've had these conversations. Like I call my buddies in Vegas. I go, hey, I want to bet 200 bucks on this bet at 20 to 1. And I call the guys in Vegas or Colorado, the friends of mine that bet professionally, and they just laugh at me. They're like, you know we can't bet that because we're limited. We could get $11 down. So, yeah, if I want to make a bet on, say, the Buffalo Sabres that make the playoffs at 11 to 1, I have to drive 90 minutes to Connecticut, make the bet, hopefully not get limited, and then drive all the way back another 90 minutes. So I'm in the car for three hours to make a bet that's probably oh going to lose. God. It's torture. But so that's stupid. all it's all going away soon, hopefully. Sam Paniotovich with us from Nesson and Fox Sports talking about uh, Massachusetts going live with sports betting. Yeah, in, I'm in Colorado today for uh, UNLV in Colorado State, and – I had uh, Bet Rivers that I had signed up for last time I was here. This time I tried something called Bet365, which mm -hmm. yeah, their interface was pretty interesting. So I won my first bet, so that always makes you happy. Don't they have like 20 outs in Colorado? There are a ton of options. A ton. So I basically I went online as what everyone should do and see what the best promo, the promo that matches you know your wishes, your desires. I like the promo, so I went with it. Yeah, and that's the thing about being out here in Mass. Like I'm telling everybody I work with, they're like, well – which book should I sign up with? Like that's that's the question <laughs> <Yeah>. du jour. <laughs> Which book should I get? I'm like, get them all. All of them. Because all of a sudden you, and I point at these people, you are valuable because they want you. They need you. They're going to give you 500 free dollars to sign up. You know, like sign up for all of them. Well, I can't have eight sports books. You don't need to put hundreds right, in right. each book. You, you, you put in the deposit, you get the free stuff, and then and then you go from there. But you know, it's still it's still at the level where you have to be educated before you jump in the deep end of the pool, for sure. Sam Penny, obviously, with us. All right, let's talk about the Super Bowl number that came out on Sunday night and where it moved to and where it is now. Uh, William Hill, my uh, Vegas app, has uh, Eagles one and a half, total forty nine and a half. But this place, or sorry, this um, number has been all over the place, and uh, some books were really aggressive on the Chiefs side with the openers. Well, yeah, we saw a couple of the books open up in like the fourth quarter of the AFC title game. And, you know, they put up a, a number on Chiefs Eagles and then a number on Bengals Eagles. And at the time, the Chiefs and Bengals were both a one-point favorite. Well, once it got up in Nevada, as we know, Nevada is the Mecca in this country, Superbook opened pick'em. 
And I think Circa opened Chiefs minus two. So right away, this avalanche of money came in on Philadelphia, knocked them up to minus two, minus 130 on the money line. But as we know, Steve, eventually that resistance will come the other way on Mahomes. So there were guys today that looked at the board and said, "Eh, you know, we kind of like Kansas City plus two. We kind of like Kansas City plus 110 to win the game. There will be resistance. Remember, last week, you and I had this conversation on Monday or Tuesday. Cincinnati was two, two and a half, I think, when we talked. What did that game close? KC, two, two and a half. That Mahomes money is coming, man. It's go- It's inevitable. I think this is probably a game that, that has the possibility. I don't want to guess where it's going to close, but it's certainly possible that this game closes either Pickham or Kansas City won. Like, I would not be surprised at all. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, I jumped. I didn't get Kansas City plus two and a half. I got Kansas City plus two, so that's my side. So I figured that was about as good as it was going to get. Now, props are going to be out here the next couple of days. Some are leaking out already, and I saw on Ness and Bets. By the way, folks, you want to see good videos and you want to see the boards and some good arguments and explanations of betting, go to at Ness and Bets up on Twitter. Uh, you guys had a video up of uh, multiple plays. You got Were you guys putting props together in parlays? No, those are the ones that the books put together, which uh, again, as I always uh-oh. say, like, uh-oh. Don't yeah. Hey, <laughs> do you want to? Do you want me to put this gun in your mouth and pull the trigger? Right, like yeah, that's yeah. what it is, unfortunately. But yeah, these sports books build these parlays now, and then it should be six to one. They give you three to one, but I mean, it's still a fun conversation point, and I appreciate you giving us a plug there. I, I haven't made any bets yet, but here's something that I talked about on TV Monday, and then I was happy to hear that. Mitch and Paulie talked about this today on Veasan. Hassan Reddick for MVP. Have you right. have you had this conversation yet? Um, you know, I had Anita Marks on from ESPN early in the week, and that was one thing she was looking for. Uh, and the odds that I found for her were forty to one. So you can find right now, you can find a fifty to one in the market. Ooh, okay. Some books have twenty five to one. I don't need to tell you, but I'll tell your audience. You know, if you make that bet, if you bet a hundred dollars at twenty five to one, you win twenty five hundred. You make the same freaking bet at 50 to 1, you win five grand. So please get the best of the number. Yep. I just think for all the talk about Mahomes and Hurts and all the skill and speed, man, there's a chance that Philly's defensive line dominates the day, hunts down Mahomes. If Hassan Reddick has a game like he had last week, where I would argue he was the most dominant player on Philly, he had two sacks in the first quarter, he knocked Brock Purdy out of the game, forced a fumble. He was the, the most valuable player of that game. If he does that in this game and Philly wins 20 to 17 or 23 to 14 or whatever, and he has two sacks and a forced fumble, he's going to have a chance to win that award. So 50 to 1 is too high. 25 to 1 is too low, but this is the importance of shopping around finding the right number. Why bet 25 to 1 when you can get the same player at yep. 50 to 1? So when these props come out, we don't know exactly what's going to be out there, especially the exotic props and the cross-sport props. What do you look for in general in terms of putting down plays on prop bets for the Super Bowl? I think the general rule of thumb is you want to bet the overs early and the unders late. So I remember last year Cooper Cup's receiving prop, for example. I think Superbook put Cup at 85 and a half. Just let's call it 85 and a half. And the Sharps right away, bang, bang, bang. By the time Cup's receiving yardage prop closed, it was 96.5. Again, I'm I'm not remembering the exact numbers, but I believe it rose 10, 11 yards. 
So the point is the public's going to bet the over. And you could get good numbers on the unders later. But all these guys, even Mahomes, like whatever Mahomes' passing yardage number opens, it's going to close higher. It just yeah. is. Yeah. Same with Travis Kelsey. Like Kelsey's receiving prop will be 78 and a half. It'll close 83 and a half. So if you're looking to bet overs on marquee players, bet them when they open. Bet them Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, the week before. I know we all want to wait until day of the game, day before the game, and go, oh, you know, Steve, I kind of like Patrick Mahomes is over. <laughs> well, guess what? That's been bet Too for late. two weeks. So so if you like the overs, this is more blind strategy than than what I'm going to bet. But if you like the popular players' overs, bet them early. If you like their unders, wait, because you can get much better numbers to go under. Sam, you're awesome, man. Appreciate you squeezing us in on a crazy day. You're out of the casinos uh, this morning and then later this evening. Actually, let's close on uh, one last point. we got about 45 seconds here. Uh, Big Ten play, uh, Iowa Northwestern. Yeah, well, let me start by saying that they took a bet. They made a bet for me, actually, on the Avalanche and the Hurricanes to make the Stanley Cup. Mm, okay. They gave me 25 to 1, which I was Woo-hoo! very happy. Yeah, right? Jeff Davis goes, wow, that's a good number. I'm like, yeah, I know. But I do think Iowa tonight, they play at 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock your time. I think the Hawkeyes are going to pound Northwestern. That number is six and a half, seven. I think they win by double digits at home. Northwestern's okay, but Northwestern can't score. So I like the Hawkeyes tonight. Sam, thank you. Always got time for you, Cofield. You know that. See you, bud. There he is, our Tuesday Gambling Insider, Sam Paniotovich. Let's do a giveaway right now. 364-1100, Demond's got your hookup. Got the Black Crows playing on uh, the big game weekend, February 10th and 11th. We've got tickets to the February 10th show. It's at the Palms, inside the Pearl. Ticketmaster.com is where you can get your tickets. Ticketmaster.com is where you can get your tickets. But we've got two right now. Demond's going to hook you up. Black Crows in town. Big game weekend at the Palms, 364-1100, caller 7364-1100.